you have like one infinity that is obviously bigger than the other infinity. I'm sort so, of with you, yes, okay. Digressive. Obscenity. Shit, what was I talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digressive Obscenity, or Homoerotic Stellar Sphere, the podcast. My guest this evening is Daniel Delgado. Dan, let's start this off right. Who are you, and what do you do? Tell me about you. <laughs> hey, Paul, how's it going? Uh, uh, my name is Dan Delgado. I uh, Let's see, who am I? I am... Guatemalan kid living in uh, Orange County, uh, trying to finish up a master's program in chemistry as well as a tutor. Uh, that's that's what I do for a living. Cool. And what kind of um, so you tutor in in chemistry specifically, or just or science, or anything you know more about than the person you're tutoring? Uh, <laughs> not to toot my own horn here, but I uh, I like <laughs> I know more about high school than most high school kids. So. Um, Gotcha. Anything that I anything that I get offered, I will tutor in. So um, I've been I've tutored all of the sciences, uh, all of the languages. Um, I tutored computer programming, even though I've, I've never done computer programming, which is always you know kind of fun. It's kind of a challenge. So how did you do that? On. Were you just bullshitting the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I figured it. What these these kids were doing something with um, with Boolean language, right? Okay. Which have you ever done any of that work? I don't even... Did you say Boolean, as in, like, chicken Boolean? Like, no, Boolean, like, B-O-O-L-E-A-N, right? It's a, it's a specific kind of, like... What I would call it is, like, a... It's its, its own defined math system that ends okay. up having, like... Ends up having an effect on, like, circuits and stuff like that and how, like, wi- wires are connected. And it's all this... The symbolic representation of how to do circuits is, is this thing called Boolean language. Um okay. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know a damn thing about it going in, and uh, I read the book for about three minutes, and I always do a lot of the, okay, well, tell me what you think you're supposed to do, and we'll go from there. Which okay. Is, I will learn what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so that's a little cheap, basically. You're kind of, you're kind of tricking them into tutoring themselves, kind of? <laughs> Look, man, teaching someone else is the, be- is the best way of learning, really. I agree. No, I definitely agree. It just—it feels like <laughs> and it, if it feels just kind so of happens like a, that I didn't know what I was supposed to do before, and afterwards I do. Yes. Well, so much the better. Exactly. You got paid with money and knowledge. I support that. I, I definitely support that. I've I've stopped learning things, and I, I feel bad about that. Or I'm only learning things that don't have any practical application at all. Like I learned a lot about coil recently. The the British industrial weird band from the 80s and 90s and that has no practical application whatsoever but you could design a circuit with this knowledge correct (laughs) um theoretically i could i think in practice it may be a a more difficult and i might need some more learning although it'd be fun to learn how to do circuitry i think that'd be a good time yeah it's it seems like one of those things that would be you know useful you know after the apocalypse like you would definitely not be voted out of the bunker. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I um, uh, this is a tangent. I don't, I don't, I don't know if uh, if I'm allowed to go. But literally, um, this is called digressive obscenity. Please feel free to digress. <laughs> you are literally doing exactly as the title implies. Please continue. <laughs> so, um. One of the things that I've kind of gotten into in theory, not yet in practice, but still in theory, is um, mm-hmm. 
uh, just just home improvement in general, in general, as well as like carpentry and things like that. I want to be more handy, and I think one of my primary motives besides for being handy is just being value and valuable in an apocalypse. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Apocalypse, post-apocalypse skills are incredibly important. I mean, yes, you could be handy today and that might net you, I don't know, a girlfriend or some sort of like really, you know, like a really easy side job. Um, but yeah, in the apocalypse, like you're not going to have your 85 year old neighbor asking you to put up shelving. You're going to need to board windows quickly and efficiently so that the mutants don't get in. So yeah, I think that's an absolutely, imp- yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great skill to have. You know, and like one thing, like, like a, a skill that I really, I'd, I'd really like to have is woodworking. I think that would be an amazing, amazing thing if I could learn how to like make, you know, complex joints like ducktail joints and stuff like that. That would be amazing. Definitely, um, yeah. And I have, a, I like, I, I created a new scheme to make money, which is uh, lettuce boxes. Lettuce boxes. <laughs> lettuce boxes. Now, is this is this as simple as it sounds, or is this some sort of a physics equation? Like, no, is it just no, a no. box this with is, lettuce this is, in it? This, it's, it's, what, it's what it says on the tin. Um, so it's not like Schrodinger's lettuce or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, is not it delicious, all. or is it um, not delicious? Uh, one, of, one, of my, uh, one of my newfound hobbies, I've been, I've been gardening for about the last year or so. Right. Very important skill to have in the apocalypse. Yes, my, exactly. my fiance is, is looking my forward to that too. Motivation behind it. I, I mean, hey, you know, everybody jokes about it, but like that whole bath salt thing started happening, quote unquote bath salts, when it's really right. obviously the zombie apocalypse, and it's like the CDC came out and said there is no zombie plague, so obviously there's a zombie plague. Yeah, you know, know. between <clears throat> between them and the. Uh, NOA coming out and saying that there's no such thing as mermaids. They're really just killing all of my childhood dreams. But um, that's the thing. Dan, the fact that they're denying it means they're real. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, uh, like, I have a nice <laughs> Yes, gardening, backyard. yes. <laughs> I have a nice okay. small backyard. And uh, uh, a couple seasons ago, I, uh, well, no, sorry, last winter, I grew mm-hmm. lettuce throughout the winter. Um, and the really nice thing about growing lettuce is you don't have to harvest an entire head of lettuce right okay what what you do is when you when you want to munch on some lettuce either to put in your sandwich or to make a salad you rip off three or four leaves from the actual lettuce plant itself come inside and eat them and leave the rest of the lettuce plant alone and the lettuce plant because it's a plant will just keep generating more and more leaves as you go along so one lettuce plant can last you the entire season wow okay cool right yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. I think I didn't know that. You know, it's it's things like that that like that would be useful to know. Lettuce is. is a good one, although it's not very nutritious on its own. Right. I think I think most yeah. of it is going to be like cellulose and stuff like that, which your body can't digest. And so, I mean, it makes for good fiber, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily make for a complete. Um, okay. Meal. So like you'd also have to you'd also have to like have some kind of animal protein. Or... So, what is the lettuce box idea? So the lettuce box idea would be this, right? What I what I want to do is I want to start growing uh, uh, lettuce, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know about lettuce and don't know how. Number one, how easy it is to grow lettuce, and number two, just how kind of it's it just there's there's a relationship you kind of form with food, right? This is kind of a very Michael Pollan idea where like, yeah, exactly. When you're when you're growing lettuce and you're like tearing the leaf out of the ground in order to like put it in your salad. I, there's something really fun and cool about that, in my opinion. I just I take some I take a lot of pleasure knowing where it's coming from, and also I take yeah. some pride in knowing that I've 
uh, created it, so to speak. It's it's like uh, it's like Tom Hanks in uh, in the Island movie. What is it? Castaway, yeah. Castaway, where it's like I made fire, you know, like that's it's this kind yeah. of you know prime evil feeling where like I made this. This is amazing. Um, so and so I was just thinking other you, people yeah. other people should have this and would probably want to have this. I mean, especially once you explain like one head of lettuce will make you through an entire season. Right? Yeah, definitely. So lettuce boxes is going to be I'm going to have three different versions of lettuce boxes, right? One of them is going to be uh, just a very simple box that I, through my newfound woodworking skills, would just assemble from like you know pieces of regular I don't know pine wood or something that is it is uh, impermeable to water, and then a, to scale down from that would be the for those who don't necessarily need a box would just be like uh, lettuce growing out of a bag of fertilizer. I think that would be pretty cool to just uh, just to receive that and then do with it as you like. Yeah, they could transplant it or just open the bag and tear out some lettuce. Exactly. And then the fancy version would be like like an intricate, like dovetail jointed, like wood um, uh, box that I'd created especially for them, like some kind of unique kind of art piece as well. That, yeah, uh, yeah that maybe like an inscription or, or a carving or something. Exactly, yeah. I think that's really cool. Lettuce boxes. So moving on to the questions segment. Questions. Stop asking me questions. Uh, Dan, what is your first memory of me? Of you? Yes. Now this is this is actually a bit of a point of contention. Um, so I am interested. What exactly is your first memory of me? Because I I can't remember the first time we met. And normally when I ask a person this, I already know the answer. But I cannot nail it down. So what is your first memory of me? Maybe we can figure this out right here, right now. I mean, my first memory of you is like just hearing it from a mutual friend, Phil, right? Just yes. hearing about you and hearing about, you know, the, you know, the various adventures you guys had back in high school. Oh, right? yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's uh, definitely wasn't like a visual thing. It was just hearing it from Phil. I'm not really certain about the first time... I saw you. I know it's got to be on Amherst campus, and yes. I know it was probably a time you came up and visited with Phil. Yes. Um, but I don't know if I even have specific memories of that visit, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was a horrible friend to Philip when he was in college, and Will, actually. I believe I only came up there once. So that's why I'm thinking it had to be this one time I was up there, and I remember, um, okay, uh, there was a party in someone's room, and I had worn my uh, silk pajamas that Will had gotten me from Hong Kong, so I had silk right. pajamas. Uh, Gotham had a kimono that he lent to me. You you know Gotham, correct? Uh, yes, I know him. Okay. And uh, Moeda, Moeda and her boyfriend at the time, Paris. Moeda, the girl from Minnesota, yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, and Paris. So it was at that party, I met all these people, and I don't exactly remember meeting you. But I do remember the next morning, blearily going to some sort of a little cafe, and like having waffles. And I don't know, at some point, I must have met you there. Anything? Any? any you mean bells? like... Um... By cafe, do you mean like the school cafeteria, perhaps? No, no, no. It was definitely more of a like a diner, like a place where you'd go to get pancakes. You know, it wasn't fancy. It was, you know, Formica tables and, you know, stuff like that. It felt kind of 70s, like like that timeless 
diner, that American diner motif. Ooh, see, the thing is, we don't have, there wasn't a lot of American diners back in <laughs> first grade. Like, it's a, it's a college town, so there's a whole bunch of, like, little kind of cutesy niche kind of stores, right? Or yeah. restaurants. I mean, it just seemed to be regular food. I don't know, man. This this is where it's like, this is where it starts to come apart for me. Like, this is where I start to believe in all the, you know, the the whole Matrix shit. Like, you know, maybe we are part of that crazy computer system that the future people are running that you talked nah. about. <laughs> nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> no, I think regardless of um, regardless of when we met, I think our um, our first meeting wasn't that uh, exciting. It wasn't that epic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know, like what before we went before you came out to California and watched uh, Jay and Silent Bob get old, yes, right? Can possibly you think the best of what was like the longest period of time we spent together? I, I that's the thing. I don't I don't remember. Could you have possibly visited Phil while he was in Brooklyn? No. Damn I never it. visited Phil while he was in Brooklyn. Fuck damn it. Ah. This is this is inevitably going to cause my death. Um, just because it's it's going to rattle around in my head, and it's going to kill me. It, it's not your fault, but I just want you to know that this is what will <laughs> finally that's, kill. That's me. great. Yeah, that's great, Paul. Because I was I was sitting here and I was so worried about it. I was, I was like, <laughs> stop blaming me. Stop blaming. Me. Yeah, I want to take all that blame away from you, Dan. This is going to kill me. I am going to kill me. My brain is going to kill me. You are completely exonerated. On my deathbed, perhaps, when I'm gushing blood from my exploded aneurysm, I'll, I'll remember. That's where we met. And then I'll die. Okay, <clears throat> moving on. Uh, what is your favorite moment from The Simpsons? Hmm. Hold on. Let me think about this. Please do. Um, I do. Oh, no. I know exactly what it is. It's, uh, it's the Michael Jackson episode. Right. Nice. Um, with the crazy fat guy who believes he's Michael Jackson. With the crazy fat guy who believes he's Michael Jackson. And he's in an insane, <laughs> insane asylum with Homer. Yes. Um, and the very end of the episode is uh, Bart has like shined on his sister the whole time like about her birthday and has not been very kind to her. Mm-hmm. And so he collaborates with the fat Michael Jackson to write... Uh, Lisa, it's your birthday. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome song, and I love it. You know what is absolutely insane? So that show has been on now for twenty one or twenty two years. That moment, Lisa, it's your birthday, was my friend Lisa's favorite moment from The Simpsons. At this point, <laughs> I've only had four people on the show. You are the fourth, and already we are repeating ourselves. I think this is a good thing. So that's excellent. Thank you. I do, I do love that episode as well. Um, okay, so uh, what are you listening to right now? You know what? I, like my relationship with music has changed, which makes me kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself listening to uh, more and more podcasts than I do actual music. Okay, right. Um, so I'll find myself listening to podcasts like uh, I'm big into Adam Carolla right now. I'm mm-hmm. big into uh, Bullshot with the, which is uh, Jesse Thorne. I'm big into like the Judge John Hodgman pa- podcast. Yeah, I got a problem with John Hodgman. Really? What's your problem with John Hodgman? Ah, uh, motherfucker owes me a pizza. Really? Why? In a nutshell, um, July 2011, they might be giants had a contest for their fans to create a music video for their new song "Can't Keep Johnny Down." Right, um, right, yeah. 
So I'm a big fan. I made a video. I submitted it. I've seen the video. It's a good video. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, aside from the technology, I was using a, a decade-old DV cam. It does look like shit, but I am happy with, you know, the production of it, as not so much as the presentation of it. Um, so I submitted around... I submitted that with around maybe a hundred other people, and the sole judge of this contest was Judge John Hodgman. And the grand prize winner got $1,000 from They Might Be Giants, a t-shirt from the band, and uh, John Hodgman would buy you a pizza. So I won a runner-up position as best use of Polaroids, and Judge John Hodgman owed me a pizza. And uh, They Might Be Giants, I contacted them and said, hey, you know, I got picked as runner-up, can I get that t-shirt? I got my t-shirt. I tweeted to John Hodgman and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that won this. And he said, okay, send me an email. So I sent him an email and said, hey, you know, here's my address. I, here's the kind of pizza I want. Here's the pizza joint I'm looking for. <laughs> no response. I sent another email. No response. That was July of 2011. And recently, I've actually gotten in touch with John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. And I've kind of explained this to him. And he has promised me that he is going to get on John Hodgman. So at this point in my life, Dan, I have half of one of my very favorite bands contacting John Hodgman, author, actor, John Hodgman, and getting on his ass to buy me a pizza. This is the world in which I live. Hey, man. It's not a bad world to be. It's not a bad world to be a part of. Yeah. So, I mean, do you just not listen to music or, I mean, do you have an album that you put on, like, that you go to or are you just kind of like, you don't have time for it now? I don't, yeah, I don't have time for it now more than anything, mm-hmm. just because with the free time I do have, I, I dedicate to those podcasts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. I think I've, I've been thinking about this while you were talking. Yeah. Um, the last thing, the last thing I was listening to was Cat Stevens. Nice. Right? Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been a big classic rock buff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so T for the Tiller Man, great album, great song, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Wind, I think, is a really powerful song as well. Okay. Oh. That's good. I yeah, think I that's mean, where I'm at with music. Excellent. Hey, I mean, you know, there's there's no right or wrong way to do it, you know? When you find it, when you find it, you have time, you know. Well, yeah, that would be the, this is this is the part of the podcast. Yeah, this is the part where I go. Eh, I'm sorry, Dan. That's not what you're listening to right yeah. now. Yeah, that's what we on digressive obscenity call suck. Yeah, congratulations, you've actually lost. Um, okay, and uh, so uh, what are you watching right now? Uh, on TV. On TV. Or on anything movie movies? Anything you saw recently that was like really good or, or you know a series or a movie or whatever uh let's see here i uh I, it's it's uh it's it just halloween just passed right oh, yes. so i've been uh been catching up on my horror films right last nice. time we talked we talked about uh the human centipede ah the human right? centipede human centipede too mm-hmm. um my buddy uh my buddy trevor who uh who i watched the human centipede too with actually uh got stationed out in afghanistan recently yeah okay <laughs> and uh so I like. There's not going to be anyone around for a, a year, and like, I really wanted to see what uh, the buzz around a Serbian film was. It's it's called a Serbian film. Yes, have you seen it? No, I've not even heard of it. 
Wait, is when, this is this uh, the one I, that they kind of they shot it as one thing and then they redubbed it and it caused a lot of controversy? No, no, no. no. That's okay. that was like innocence of the yes. Muslims. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. No, I have no idea what a Serbian film is. A Serbian film. It's not very good, so I'm going to go ahead and ruin it for you, if that's okay. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. A spoiler alert to the one or two people listening. This will be a spoiler for a Serbian film. Go ahead. Serbian film. So, um, when I researched uh, Human Centipede 2, people Mm -hmm. said that there was only two other movies that they would put on the level of Human Centipede 2. One of them was a Serbian film, Mm -hmm. and the other one was uh, Willem Dafoe's The Antichrist. So I, uh, I decided to check out a, a Serbian film just because, you know, I, I, something that is in that kind of sh- shocking genre is, is always kind of fun to watch. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You want to find out um, how, how, how shocking is shocking. Something that shocks where, 90% where of the world. Where someone else's line is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, a Serbian say, film. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, like the premise of this was like um, hostile meets pornography. Right. And hostel was almost pornography. Like that is how they lured right. the guys into the hostel with like crazy huge fake European breasts. The the premise of this movie is this retired porn star <laughs> is yeah, exactly. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> is is lured back into the business by the promise of a huge huge payday. From this uh, this unknown director who claims he is doing this uh, artistic new vision for pornography, lured right? back into the porn business. I love yes. it. Yes, right, right. And so there's a lot of like at the in the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of like you know decision making to be made with him and his wife, and he, you know he's looking at his trial, trying to decide whether he wants to get back into it or mm. not. Of course, right? yes. Um, and so he goes he goes into this. He goes into this with like he's gonna do it. He's kinda doesn't want to do it, but whatever. You know, he he needs the payday. The family's low on money. Of course, um, you can try to leave <laughs> the porn industry, but you can never really leave the porn industry. You and I you both know this. Really. Yeah. So okay, um, he gets forced so, back like, into the porn industry. Yes, he's forced back into the porn industry. You know, fast forward to like three quarters of the movie or halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. and like it's just it's it's bizarre and it's unnerving, and he doesn't really like. He never gets a script. He never really understands what's happening. And so he just, you know, he notices that there's like a 15-year-old girl that's not involved in the sex, but is like the daughter, uh, like the daughter of the person he's actually fucking is forced to watch him like perform a scene with her, Uh with her mother. Of course. Right. So he's like, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Yeah. Then let me guess, they, they lure him back in with even more money. No, he he makes a clean break. He says, "I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore." Okay. Little does he know they have drugged him, right? <laughs> with with what his lyrics claim to be a bull pheromone. Right? Oh no! And of course, when you drug somebody with a bull pheromone, you it makes them want to fuck no matter what. Right. Of course. So he wakes up. He wakes up two days later. <laughs> <laughs> Just. He wakes up two days later, and he's just like, he's just bloody. He's got his face covered with blood. He, Who did I he, fuck? He, what happened? Look, starts looking around for his wife and child. They're not there. Did he fuck them to death? Please tell me I didn't just guess that. Please tell me he didn't fuck his wife and daughter to death. Son, son. Oh, God. Oh, 
Dan, did I just guess the end of this movie? Did he fuck his... You did! <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. I swear to you, I have never heard of this movie. That is amazing and horrible. A, that my brain went there. B, that that is actually the end <laughs> so, of the movie. So, from that point on, the movie kind of takes like a memento kind of chart where he just like, he starts going from place to place and he has flashes of what happened. And it's a snuff film every single time, right? So, so the movie doesn't actually end with that revelation. It keeps going after that. No, no, no. He th- that, that revelation is the final revelation. So you okay. have ruined the end of the Right. But yeah, the I've is ruined to... the movie that was already ruined the moment it was written down on paper. <laughs> that so it goes from like yeah, goes from place to place and like ends up having flashbacks and seeing himself <laughs> in these scenes and like in one scene like it's just a straight snuff film where like um just, just, yeah, just a like, straight snuff film, not nothing weird, just a straight up normal good old fashioned snuff, snuff film, film where you fucking kill somebody. Yeah, no, no, please. <laughs> He's fucking a girl, and they give him a machete, and he just lops her head off while he continues fucking her. That is... Okay, again, I feel like the moment, spoiler alert again, in Human Centipede 2, where the woman has the baby and then explodes it in the car. It's like, fuck you. You know, it's there's a part where there's something that is actually shocking, and then there's a part where it's so far that it's like... Really? And then he cuts her head off and keeps fucking her. Really? Is that what right. happened? Right. I, wow. Okay, I will say that, yes, that does sound like it's on par with Human Centipede 2. Um, but yeah. Right. It's in the same kind of gross-out spirit. Yes. But you're yeah. right. I think I think the fuck you moment comes a lot earlier in this movie. And then just con- the fuck you moment continues for it just keeps, 45 minutes. It goes from fuck you to fuck you. You just hold on to the U for 45 minutes and you got, you got essentially the, uh... Wow, I can honestly <laughs> say I, I don't want to see this. So basically, it almost sounds a little bit like a Marquis de Sade thing. Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. Actually, I, I um, wouldn't be surprised if... I'm trying to think if that was in... Oh God, what was it called? I can't remember. There, there's the one really horrifying Marquis de Sade book they, where... Is it the prince? Is Marquis de Sade's most horrible? No, the prince is is Machiavelli. Uh, Machiavelli. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's one. There's one Marquis de Sade where a bunch of really, really rich guys like bring a bunch of boys and girls and like lock them away in in this castle for three weeks or three months or three days, and the entire book is just. This is what the banker did to the seven-year-old girl. Next chapter. This, and it's just, you know, atrocity after atrocity. But the thing is, That's like... That's funny. That was shocking. What do you call that book? Ah. The Aristocrats. <laughs> da 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 Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but so basically, I mean, that was shocking back then. And that is still pretty shocking today. But it's... I don't know. The idea that someone's like, I made a movie out of something that was shocking hundreds of right. years I ago. I mean, I think... Yeah. The the two uh, I think the two key gross out movies are when yeah he he starts um, having sex with this just uh, like it's this covered person and he doesn't know who it is oh boy right they're covered by blankets mm-hmm. and uh, he looks over and his his brother who has always coveted his wife Uh-oh. is also having sex with a with a uh, with a robed figure that you can't see okay and then the 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 cloths are removed to show that. His brother is having sex with his wife, and then he is having sex with, like, his 10-year-old child. Gah. 
Um, <sighs> I don't know, man. And I, gotta, yeah. I you know, it's, it seems like this, cheap. <laughs> it seems like cheap Marquis de Sade ripoff. It seems like right, somebody's exactly. like, no and one and would like, dare to make I, this. I think like those are one of the things you're gonna notice. You know, I don't care how much. <laughs> so your problem with this movie, Dan. Is the suspension of disbelief like, oh, come on, you'd notice that you were fucking a 10-year-old boy? Who wrote this? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) But I think think the the movie, uh, the the culmination of the movie, I think, is when um, one of, like, the guards who has persistently just, you know, harassed the man the entire movie, he, like... um, he he gets him on his knees and he like he punches his sunglasses off and realizes that he like has punched out a glass eye, right? The guard so punched out a glass to, eye, or the guy punched out the guard's glass eye. The uh, protagonist punched out the guard's glass eye. Dan, is he going to stick his penis in the eye hole? Yeah, I'm not going to ruin this. For oh, you're not going to ruin this for me, Dan. Thank you. <sighs> All right, what fucking happens next? okay what what happens next he punches out the guards (laughs) punches out the guards glass eye okay no no here's my question how does it go from punching out the guards glass eye to i'm gonna put my dick in your eye you know what don't answer that i figured it out after everything that's been done to me here's how i'm gonna get back at you this is how i'm gonna get back at you dan why is it so easy for me to fill in these gaps this is just okay. This is because this has just become a therapy think, session, Dan. What is wrong with me? Your ability, yeah, uh, your ability to figure out what is the most disgusting option at this point is, and yet, and yet, I probably, and yet, I, pr- I probably could not tell you all the twists and turns of the John Cusack movie Serendipity. <laughs> oh God! I don't think I've watched that movie. It's worse than a Serbian film. In a different way, though. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Okay. And uh, uh, what are you reading right now? Uh, right now, I am reading... Uh, it's Daniel Kellerman. I can't even remember the title anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast and Slow Thinking, okay. I think. Um, which, is, which is a book which essentially looks at um, why humans are so bad at interpreting statistics. Okay. And is... It's... Yeah. it's it was it was kind of interesting at the beginning uh, because it made this distinction between fast and slow thinking, mm-hmm. um, which is like uh, fast thinking is something like when I say two plus two, you immediately think. 18. No, you do not. You immediately think four. Exploding babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so yeah, four. Mm-hmm. You immediately think four, and there's not a cognitive process involved there. It's just... It's just something very automatic. It's just it just happens immediately. It's something you know. While there yeah. are things, right? While but there are other things you know that do take you a while to process. So when you ask me, what are you listening to now? Like, I, I know exactly. You know, I, I I know exactly what I've been listening to. But it's it takes me a while to be like, ah, what am I listening? To? Okay. Um. So that's that's the slow thinking, and um, I think what ends up happening is we apply the wrong type of thinking to certain situations is what the premise of like the first third of the book is, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because it's not necessarily pop psychology. It's more like a statistical look at it. I so guess. it's sort of like, uh, like uh, when, when we're supposed to be taking our time and thinking of something, we just kind of answer impulsively. 
we we answer impulsively based on incorrect information. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So, like, um, you know, just our ability to determine what information is correct for us to use. Gotcha. In making the analysis. Okay. And I think that's that's it's it's a it's a really interesting book, but it's it's turned into a slog in the back half of it. And ugh. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And and there's no there's no incest or murder rape. <laughs> well, let me know. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Well, you know of. I mean, you haven't finished it. Let's be fair. They could be like, here's the point where we're going to do some exercises involving horrible murder. Oh, never mind. Okay, I'm done talking about a Serbian <laughs> film, even in a statistics format. Okay, um, moving on. Uh, do you have any allergies? I used to be allergic to tomatoes and eggs growing up as a mm-hmm. child. Um, I am no longer. Wow. I still am allergic to cats and pollen, which is why I dislike cats. Understandable. Good reason. Wait, so you actually you grew out of an allergy to eggs and tomatoes? Yes, I did. How? I mean, I've heard of people growing into allergies. I've never heard of anybody actually growing out of an allergy. Is that common? Willpower, man. I know, uh, <laughs> the power of positive thinking. Exactly. Um, uh, yes, I watched the human centipede. Just... <laughs> Look, I either have to get over this allergy, or I'm going to be just like one of these people. <sighs> um, no, it's it's a, it's a common thing for children to grow out of food allergies. Gotcha. Well, that's good. Yeah, because tomatoes and eggs, man. That's that's a lot of stuff. Um, do you collect anything intentionally? That's a good question. Um. I would like to collect things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't do it well enough. Like, I have two teapots, <laughs> and I would love to have a lot more teapots. You know, I know that we didn't actually talk in this fashion organically, but I kind of want to edit us talking about a Serbian, a Serbian film and then butting it right up against you saying, I kind of want to collect teapots. <laughs> Oh, man. Just like, you know, for the people that make it through the Serbian film part, we now talk about the teapot collection. <laughs> or or your, your Bergening teapot collection. Well, yeah, exactly. Look, have you ever heard of Tetsubins? Oh, my God, they're beautiful teapots. They're these handcrafted Japanese teapots. They're going to either have these knobs on them or not have their no- these knobs on them. Like, I want to buy one of those. And then, I like, I have two teapots. One is, like, the standard bear teapot which is just like kind of a nice fat kind of beauty and the beast looking yeah. one right and then i have another brown one which is like a modern sleek okay. one i use the white one for green teas and make sure never to wash it with soap so the residuals can build up in there and give it that kind of uh flavor to the pot yeah. and then the other the other teapot is used mostly for english teas all right so all manners of black mm-hmm. and every once in a while some chamomile <laughs> God damn it, Dan. Okay, we have gone from Lettuce Box to a Serbian film. Okay, and for, for like one second, I thought you were just talking out of your ass. And if, if you're still just talking out of your ass about teapots, you have done enough research to make me completely believe that you look to start a teapot collection. You've known... I really like teapots, man. The other thing about my teapots is they can't be girly. Right. Of course not. Of course not. No, they they can't be girly. That would be ridiculous. But I want a collection of of masculine teapots. And just look up Tetsubin. And if you go to like heavenlytea.com, 
there's just a collection of them there. The thing is, most of them, because they're such high-quality teapots, start at like $65.75. for a teapot. Yeah. And at this, at this moment, that's still somewhat prohibitive cost for, you know... A for teapot. something like that. No, I completely understand. Wow. Okay, so, so just to recap, Lettuce Boxes, a Serbian film, and then you actually gave us a website to go and buy teapots. Yeah, man. Look, I... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm I contain multitudes. This is amazing, Dan. This is not... I'm not getting down on it. This is amazing as far as the range of listeners. We're going to get the home gardening crowd. We're going to get the snuff film crowd. And then we're going to get the teapot fetishist crowd. It's called diversity, man. And I like it. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I mean, best of luck with the uh, with the teapot collection. That actually that actually sounds pretty cool, which is... Yeah, no, know. it... Oh, and I... And what I would love to like be able to like build some kind of display with my woodworking skills that I do not have yet. I feel like five or ten years down the line, I'm going to be visiting you and your wife and your kids, and you're going to have an entire room of of just like like a very quiet, almost kind of like an NPR teapot collection. And I'm going to walk in there, and I'm going to look at you, and you're going to look at me, and then and then we're both just going to say. He fucked his wife and child to death. And then we'll both just walk <laughs> off into the sunset. If there was one actress or actor that you could have gone from the face of this earth, who would it be and why? I think, hmm, it's a toss-up for me between Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel. Who would it be? Between those two? Yeah. I, I think it's Will Ferrell. Nice. Okay. And and why Will Ferrell, Dan? I just... I, He's not particularly talented, but he also, like, he's one of the main culprits in just, like, the, like, the dumbification, which is not a word, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he would use it as a word, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> of, of, like, just, of, of, of America and humor in general. I mean, I, every single film he's ever in, he just walks around like a giant man-child. And Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's his thing. Somehow you know. people don't don't manage to like ever figure out that this is like a one note joke that's been carried on his entire career. And I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't like it. It should stop. Gotcha. All right. Hey, I, I completely respect that. We've, uh, we finished the basic question portion and now we're moving. Oh no, there's no more questions. I'll start. Oh, no, on, none man. of the basic questions. Now, um, Dan, let's digress. We're starting now. Well, no, th this is just the, this is the part where it gets a little stranger. So, <laughs> this part this is the part that gets a little stranger. Well, question wise, yeah. So, what afternoon cartoons did you watch growing up? Afternoon cartoons that I watched growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I was older, there was uh, the Batman cartoon that was pretty amazing. Oh yeah, Batman the animated series. Batman the animated series. Absolutely. Um, when we were growing up, growing up. Uh, I was all about Transformers. I really thought Transformers were awesome. Nice. And this I is thought, the old school Transformers before they got CG right. when it was, when right, it was exactly. like, yeah, nice, nice. I remember we were about Transformers, Voltron, yeah. Mask. 
Mask. Fucking mask, dude. Those were some of the coolest toys ever. Yeah, those toys were amazing. Oh, wow. And Thundercats. Thundercats. Thundercats as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, man. Although we did take the time to watch Fraggle Rock as well. That shit was awesome. Fraggle Rock is definitely fun. I mean, honestly, like, even today, anything that the Hensons have touched is is great like even things like sesame street that is made for children that can't speak yet in some cases there's still some enjoyment for adults they do a really really great job with that stuff yeah they do yeah but mask yeah man that was the shit (laughs) uh okay so next uh tell me a crazy or creepy homeless encounter that you've had crazy or creepy homeless encounter that i had yeah Like the only thing I can think of was um No, I mean this is this isn't even crazy or anything, but I used to work at a tutoring center. Okay. Um and uh uh I, I worked there for I don't know, like two or three years and I noticed that there was always the same seventeen year old kid panhandling. Mm-hmm. Um and like, you know <laughs> I went up to him one day and I gave him five bucks and I was like, Hey, well tell me about yourself, man. What's going on? I see you around here all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and I chatted him up for I don't know ten to twenty minutes of my lunchtime. Okay, and he gave gave me the soft story about being a you know product of the foster care system and then being thrown out of his own place at eighteen, mm-hmm. whatever, and never being able to land back up on his feet. Yeah. Um, but this was early on into my into my tenure at the uh, tutoring center, okay. and so like like a year and a half later when he was still panhandling. I really just got fed up with him. <laughs> so I remember I went up to him, I gave him 20 bucks, and I was like, you can never talk to me again. <laughs> you basically Do not ask bought- me for money. I will not give it to you. In fact, I will remind you of this moment. So basically, you kind of, oh God, I feel like I saw that in a fucking movie where you were like, you gave him the money and you were like, this is this this is my year of giving you 25 cents here or there. This covers me for This the is year. my lifetime. This is my lifetime. So you you're be- not getting anything else from me. I like that. I think that's a very pragmatic approach to it. Because literally, if you see this person every single day, there's going to be some sort of relationship or, or negative space relationship you know, formed with them. That's an excellent way to handle that. Um, so yeah, so I would, I would, I would like whenever I was like, you know, making a run to the uh, CVS next door or something, I would see him and he'd like, you know, start, you know, and then he would stop once he recognized who I was. But <laughs> then awesome. after, after I gave up working there, you know, I, I stopped seeing him at all. Um, and then just randomly one day, you know, I was running out of CVS just because it's really close to my house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was like, Hey man, can I? And I was like, what did I tell you? What did I... I gave you 20 bucks. No. <laughs> well, excellent. Yeah, that, uh, that's a very pragmatic approach to a very complicated... Sometimes it can be a complicated issue. Um, okay, so next. Duodenum or duodenum? Uh, mm, I'm going to say... I don't know. I, I think I'd go either way. So you don't right. have a we're talking about the uh, we're talking about the intestines. Yes, yeah. Basically, I mean, yeah. uh, it's you know, I've I've heard it pronounced different ways so often. Uh, it's just a, a matter of preference, you know. If somebody, I said think, that, like in, in a given tutoring session, because I do tutor AP biology. Yes, um, I will say both. <laughs> wow, way to fuck up the future, Dan. Thanks. 
I'm not committed either way. That's okay. Because I kind of like duodenum as well. Did you say duodenum? I've never said duodenum. I've I've heard duodenum. I'm going to go. I think I go with duodenum, to be honest. Just to be a rebel. I respect that, Dan. I respect that. Because duodenum sounds like two pair of jeans, you know? It does, yeah. And, And duodenum sounds like something is odd. Well, it sounds like a twat. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to make a note of that. Uh, okay. Um, uh, what is your uh, your zombie apocalypse escape plan? Who would you want with oh, you? Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. This is the big one. Oh, you got to give me the situation. Like, <sighs> okay, look, okay, man, okay. We had that website for a while. It's not like I haven't thought about it. I know. Hey, this is this is a standard question, and there's certain people that have better answers than others. So, okay, zombie escape plan. Who would you want with you, and why, and where would you go? And let's say this is um, this isn't ending anytime soon. This doesn't look like a minor outbreak. There's been signs of it for a while, and you've just put it together. Okay, this is actually as improbable as it actually is. This really is the zombie apocalypse. Something is causing the bodies of the recently dead to rise and attack the living who do you want with you where do you this go? is this is this is people who i this is people who i actually know not necessarily uh, celebrities I yes exactly yeah parts. it has to be people you know you yeah. can't say you know uh, what's his name anthony bourdain or whatever bourdain what yes. the fuck is he gonna do for me to solve it? he is going to make wonderful meals every night look if i could bring if i could bring anyone i'd bring probably like bear grills or someone who has some kind of survival background i think that would be important um if it's uh if it's an acquaintance yes it has to be like a person you know yes um it's not gonna be phil tucker because he probably would bring the wrong shoes Um, (laughs) yeah or just one large wheel of cheese (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be my other outdoor buddy that um that uh, went uh, canoeing with me, Phil, me and Phil, right? My buddy, Matt Gordon, he is an incredible outdoorsman. He is um, incredibly resourceful. He, um, um, he's also, he's not only, like, he's an avid hiker, climber, whatever, but, yeah, he also is, like, he scales mountains. And I've gone hiking with him, and he's just, he's incredible and resourceful and is a good guy to have along in the apocalypse, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, so if I'm, if I'm in my house... And I turn on the TV. Is that what's happening? It's basically so a couple like weeks ago. What stage ago, of the uh, what stage of the apocalypse are we at? Early enough that you can still get out. A few weeks ago, there was a story about some guy attacking bath somebody. Bath salts. Exactly. Right. So everybody's like, "Oh, here comes bath salts again." But right. you seem to notice there's more and more stuff, and that. You know, maybe you see like an internet video. Okay, but where where is this stuff happening? Is it happening in Florida or is cities. it happening in Los Angeles? No, this is now happening in major cities around the world: Los Angeles, Including New York Los City, Angeles. exactly. So, but, but you, these are these are still just like scattered reports. It's scattered, but you've definitely picked up on. Okay, seriously, this is it. So you definitely so have it went time. From, like it went from one one attack in Miami, Florida, to all of a sudden day two. There's five attacks, and now day am I at? There's exactly. no day three, right? Day, day exactly. three is just 
Yeah, so it's stuff wow. like that. And, you know, the, the news anchors are like, oh, it seems to be something is catching. And you're like, okay, this, I, I know what this is from. So I've got, yeah. I've got an inkling early in day two. So I'm going to get out ahead of everyone else before they recognize that the zombie apocalypse is coming. Exactly. Except for the other, other <laughs> like-minded people who are like, okay, we know what's going on too. But yeah, a very small percentage of people <clears throat> are going to jump to this is the zombie apocalypse. I would okay. So what I would what I would do first is I would make a pretense to bring my entire family on a camping trip. Nice. Right? Okay. I would I would just lie to them. I would say like, look, this is incredibly important to me that you do this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim zombie apocalypse because then you'll just get your laughed out of the room. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Like, look, guys. Um, there is there is a, a meteor shower. Um, the entire trip is on me. Like every single thing. Like, it is incredibly important. I'll be so disappointed. It'll be the worst moment of your life. I know you've got work. Just call in sick. Please, please, please. And I would make the absolutely desperate for them to come along. Gotcha. Um, so then I would pack my entire family. And when I say my family, I don't mean, like, my nuclear family. I mean my extended family. So that's, we're talking, like, 50. <laughs> wow, 50 people. And, and now how scattered are, are these people? Are these people all in the Los Angeles area or are some of them in Guatemala? Uh, these are all people in the Orange County area. Oh, okay, so, that's good. So they're they're a car ride away. So they're they're a car ride away. They're like ten minutes away. Oh gosh. Um, okay. Good. 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 Good setup. Okay. Uh, I would I would go to the nearest grocery store and just max out my credit card on. Let's see here. Food and water. First off, yeah. right. Uh, survival stuff. I guess we would. We'll talk about the specifics later on. Um, I would need some kind of weapon as well, right? Yeah. Are, now, do you have any any fighting skills training? Any? I do not. Gotcha. Does Matt? He does not. No. And gotcha. the problem with Matt is he's in Wisconsin. So <sighs> if you were asking me to pick anyone. So. Gotcha. No, that's always really tough. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but I would be, definitely give yeah. Matt a call and ask him to get down here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as you can. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think at that point I'm going to try to, I'm, I, there is a cabin in Los Angeles that is, um, in the middle of the like San Bernardino woods Okay. and I would take it over, right? I would literally kick the door down mm -hmm. and barricade myself inside with the food and water and wait for at least a month to pass by. Gotcha. So just no one goes in or out. 50 people could fit in this cabin. So you'd have food for 50, Look, 50 people. people can, 50, 50 people can fit in a 20 by 20 room. It's not going to be comfortable, but we're going to do it. Gotcha. Okay. So how are you going to convince these people? Like, okay, so you say, guys, there's a meteor shower. And then all of a sudden you lock them into this cabin, start barring the door. What happens when someone says, Dan, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, hopefully at this um, point you can turn on the TV and say, this is what I saved you from, the downfall of society. Right, exactly. That would be that would be the, the, the fantastic thing. Yeah. If there was some kind of, you know, outward sign that the zombie apocalypse had started. Gotcha. Um, okay, so let's say, let's say that goes without a hitch. Everybody is horrified, but, you know, they can't explain it, but, okay, this is clearly real, this is clearly happening. So you said you'd stay there barricaded with food and water for 50 for about a month. Mm -hmm. Okay, what then? You're in the house, 50 people, it's been about a month. Is that your, your final destination? Or is there some sort of a... This does not look to be abating. After a month, there's very little television coverage. 
you know, running low on food, you're in a cabin in the middle of the woods, what's next? Okay, well, first off, you have to have some kind of reconnaissance mission to try to figure out exactly where things are. There's no television coverage, right? Exactly, yeah. If the zombie apocalypse continues going strong after one month, Mm -hmm. and we are running low on food, then you have some decisions to make. Yeah. Right? Number one, whether whether your cabin is close enough um, to some kind of, like, food resource... Um, in order to like, mar- like, because if it's too far from the grocery store and you have to walk exposed to through a, like a very big area, then that's that's no good. That's not where you want to be at. Exactly. And so, I think I think at that point you have to try to figure out where what's the new place you guys are going to hide at that is close to some kind of resource. Um, how to do that? That's going to be rough, and that's going to involve a lot of risk taking. But beyond that. Like, at some point, you have to, like, make the decision that we're going to restart civilization. Okay, yeah. That's that's a pretty big step, but yeah. Right. I mean, that's down the road, right? This, you're you're going to have to, like, do that for a couple months. At six months, like, you're going to have to find a place to permanently relocate and try to start farming and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's what I got. Okay, so, um, tell me a joke. Tell you a joke? Ah... Uh... <laughs> do it do it go with the go with the uh, oh, man. let's see here <laughs> what's blue and sits in the corner a dead baby no no baby wait in a I'm, garbage I'm, bag baby in a garbage bag i i used to know <laughs> a litany what's green and sits in the corner <sighs> the same baby a month later yes, yes same baby a month later oh i i had Quite a collection of these. Um, yeah, I used, I used to have a ton of these. Why do you put a baby in the blender feet first? Uh, so you can see the expression on its face. Yes. Uh, uh, how do you get the baby out of the blender? Uh, I don't know. Doritos. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, going right from that, um, Dan, let's get specific. Let's get specific. Now, I have one question for you, and it goes back to your Amherst days. Okay. You had a party with Phil. Yes. Where it was Prince versus Michael Jackson. Yes. And your side was Michael Jackson? Correct. And his side was Prince? Yes. Okay. So, how do you feel today? Are you still Michael Jackson versus Prince? We're talking in terms of music, correct? Just music music only yes, yes. i uh, i'm still uh, beholden to michael jackson i love michael jackson okay so here's my issue because i'm completely i have to say i'm prince i love michael i love michael i'm still i'm still on prince's side so mm-hmm. you can't argue with the volume of prince songs versus the volume of michael jackson songs but i can't argue that the ratio or the the percentage of michael jackson songs that he put out that were amazing okay is is a better percentage than the percentage of prince songs i mean his gospel album was terrible a lot of prince music is bad i will completely agree with that a lot of it not bad 
it's self-indulgent, it's inaccessible, it's, I made this album for me because I'm Prince. I'm letting you listen to it, but it's my album because I'm Prince. And, and I do agree with that. But, okay, as, as far as hits go... This is what Prince Michael Jackson was all party was all about. It was, it was essentially you play a hit, play as I many play hits hit. until one of us is out of hits. Until one of us is out of hits. So yeah, if you want to play this game, I can play this game. Uh, I won by default uh, simply because oh. uh, the Prince team got so hammered they start, started to forget playing their own music. So I had to choose their music for them. Um, oh, that is, I'm so disappointed in Phil. <laughs> but oh my god! But he was. I mean. The thing about the thing about Michael Jackson that you have to recognize is, regardless of how many hits Prince has, Michael Jackson's songs have the recognizability, and a lot mm. of people really like it when they when they hear a song that they know, regardless of the opening. Yeah, the opening beat at a club, everybody starts to get up and right. yeah, huh? Okay, so I have to ask you: are a Prince fan, also? Correct. I, yeah, I like Prince, but I can't say I know a lot of him beyond the popular stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Huh. So I, I don't go beyond greatest hits volume one and two. I don't. Okay, so let's let's take this a step further and go beyond crowd appeal and oh, I saw this video on MTV more than I saw this video on MTV. As far as musicianship, I think Prince wins because from his first album in the late seventies, everything you hear on that album was played and written and performed by Prince. The drums, the bass, the keyboards, the guitar, everything. He still does that to this day. If there's something he can't play, he'll bring somebody in to do it. But other than that, everything you hear is Prince. Produced, recorded, mixed, everything. (laughs) So what do you say to that? I mean, yes, Michael Jackson could sing a mean song. He could dance. Motherfucker could moonwalk. Prince can't moonwalk. But... Prince, he can play a guitar, man. <laughs> he won an Academy Award for Purple Rain. And um, look, okay, my I, I'll give you this. Oh, no, no, we're not going into personal history. Personal history has no place here. That right, becomes incredibly subjective. We need to look at this as objectively as possible, which, believe me, Dan, is tough. I will concede. Michael Jackson may be the more popular musician. I will not concede. I will say that Prince is the better musician. And I'll say he may even be, I think he might be a better showman. I mean, he can't dance as well as Michael, but he doesn't just play the guitar. He makes love to the guitar. He can sit down in front of a piano. Look, he can yeah. play you. Have every you ever album. seen the Dirty Diana video? Because Michael Jackson is pretty much making love to that guitar. Now. He's making love to he that guitar. He may not be playing it, but he's a- making love to the guitar. Exactly my point. He's not playing that guitar. He's making love. Okay, to no, it. like if 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 your entire basis for saying that uh, one musician is better than the other is because they're more technically proficient with an instrument, then yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, what else? What else is there to creating music? It doesn't matter how how attractive you I are. I think there's a lot more to the to create to the creative process than the than the uh, technical uh, mastery of an instrument. Okay, no, no, I I, I can I like can I mean, Ringo that. was was a pretty good drummer, but I mean, you wouldn't argue that he was one one hundredth of the creative. 
you know, ability of the Beatles, would you? Um, I don't think I know who Ringo is, and I've never heard of the Beatles. <laughs> You've lost. I almost head. got really angry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Ringo Starr, you dumb fuck. Come on. Okay, so, um, Dan, we have come to the, the final segment of Digressive Obscenity. Define me. This is the portion where uh, I gave you a list of words, and you picked a you word, didn't. and you were going yes. to define the word, and the word was plonge. P-L-O-N-G-E. <clears throat> so, Dan, what is plonge? Well, so I've been, I thought about this for, for uh, a full day. Excellent. Um, even though you gave me the email a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, One day is all I, I asked. For... <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll uh, I'll make it a portmanteau of like a plank and a lunge. Ooh. That would be plange, so that wouldn't work. <clears throat> that would be plange. And then I thought maybe a plate and a sponge, but no, nah, there's nothing really fun about that. No, it would just, I mean, it, uh, would, it would make the food taste awful, and it would, yeah, okay. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, let's see here. What about plunge and long? So a a long plunge, right? Okay. Um, and so I decided to French it up a little bit. I'm changing the rules uh, because I am changing the word. And rather than plunge, I'm making it a plunge, like a plum. Okay. Is that is that okay? Um, maybe we'll say that a plonge is the the French version of the English word plonge, or maybe it's some sort of an abbreviation that happened over the years. So we'll we'll say yeah, we'll say that maybe a plonge is the the formal way to say it. So that works. <laughs> that works. Yes, I, I'll allow it. So it's kind of like a possum and an opossum. In that sense, right? Exactly. You know, both are right, although technically it is an opossum. Yes. So technically it's a plonge, but it's been shortened down to plonge over the years. Exactly. Right? It's vernacular. Hey, it happens. So a plonge is a long plunge, or a um, it is the discipline to maintain a sustained commitment. Right? Oh, oh, so now when you say a long plunge, do you mean like something a diver would do? Or something that, like, somebody going in in an investment would do? Or exactly. both? No, it would, it's more of... Well, I guess it's a little bit of both, right? Because they both kind of have the same connotation of getting involved in something. Well, right? I mean, I mean, one is, like, an action. Like, if I jump out the window, I take... Would I take an aplonge to my death? Take an aplonge, right. Okay. So, again, like I said, it's, 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 uh, it is the discipline to maintain a sustained commitment, right? So, um, it'd be something like, look, man... You can't just do it for a couple weeks and then chicken out. I need you to maintain your unplunge. Nice. Nice. Very nice, Dan. Ah, well met. Dan, <laughs> thank you so much. We have reached the end of Digressive Obscenity. Thank you oh, no. for being a part of this. I know. I know. But again, you know, eventually if uh, if people stop getting interested in this, I'll have to think up some new questions and we can uh, we can continue. We, we can work on <laughs> stage two of the zombie apocalypse escape plan. Stage two. The, yeah. You, you never asked me my favorite piece of art, man. What the fuck? Your favorite piece of art? Well, obviously, yeah, exactly. that's that's probably for the fourth or fifth go around. Yeah. I mean, I still have to ask you your favorite um, your favorite Sousa march. Uh, let's see. God. I mean, I have a whole list of. Let me see here. So for a second. Yeah, like, this is literally, I have, like, 400, 500 pages here. I mean, 
you know, what's your favorite element on the periodic table? You know, I mean, if you have that ready to go, you can drop that. Well, I mean, obviously it's got to be carbon, right? I always thought of you as more of an oxygen guy or like an Einsteinium. No, if you go into the exotic ones, I mean, those don't do shit anyways. They right? don't. They invent them in labs and that's about it. Carbon is really just, an, well, we're not going to get into it. No, we're not. We're saving that for next time. Okay, so... So, kind of like a teaser for next time, we're going to get into right. why Dan... Next time, Dan, Dan talks about valence electrons and hyperorbitalization. Wow, just hearing that got me maybe <laughs> ten minutes closer to the oncoming aneurysm. Oh, I can feel my brain swelling. Dan, thank you so much for being a part of this. Hey, my absolute pleasure, Paul. Degressive, obscenity... Shit, what was I talking about? I remember just a moment ago I was talking about something And then I forgot what I was talking about Because I was distracted by the guy who did the thing Degressive, obscenity Shit, what was I talking about?